Welcome to the Curious Body Podcast, brought to you by the Pilates Foundation. The Pilates Foundation is a not-for-profit organisation that supports and promotes our community of innovative and passionate teachers. If you'd like to hear more about the Pilates Foundation and our upcoming events, visit www.pilatesfoundation.com or find us on social media by searching Pilates Foundation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Curious Body podcast. Last October, I spoke with Sybil Darrington about her experience of long COVID. I'm going to be catching up with her again in a few weeks time on how she's doing and thought this a good opportunity to remind you of her journey so far. We did have some connectivity issues when we met live back in October. The internet was not being my friend that day. So please do bear with us on the recording. And if you have any particular questions or anything that comes up as you listen in that you would like to ask Sybil about, please do email me at cat with a C dot proudfoot at pilatesfoundation.com. I'll leave that email in the show notes so you can find it easily. And we can ensure that we cover those questions. It is my pleasure to welcome a colleague, a client and a friend, Sybil, um, to talk to us today. Um, and just before we go any further, I'd really like to extend my thanks to Sybil for sharing her story with us and her time um, and her personal experience of long COVID. So um, we've tried to keep this relative to Pilates and movement in general, but it, with the nature of things, of course, it may encompass other bits and pieces too. Um, so by way of introduction, Sybil, do you mind giving us a brief overview of who you are, what you do, and why you do Pilates? So um, I'm a clinical massage therapist and I do Rolfing Structural Integration as well. Um, that's how I know Kat. Um, first off, because the Pilates studio where, one of the Pilates studios where she works is um, connected to the clinic that I work at. Um, and um, I live in Kent as well. I live near Faversham. And um, I've been practicing for, as a body worker for about 17 years. I came to Pilates. I mean, I was recommending clients to Pilates for a long time. And a lot of Pilates, well, a few Pilates teachers were referring to me as well. And, um, and so I understood the benefits of particularly of um, the style that you guys teach, um, particularly, um, because most of my clients are tend to be hypermobile. So um, it needs, I think, a specific, more specific kind of teaching. Um, and I did my dissertation um, for my sports massage degree in um, hypermobility syndrome. Um, so, yes, and I came to Pilates myself <laughs> because I had a calcification in the glute, glute max tendon and I was in extreme pain. And um, I think it had happened before. It was undiagnosed before, but I had been in hospital in A&E with it um, about 15 years before. And um, I had cranial work and I did physio and eventually I got back to normal again. But this, this, this time I had cranial osteopathy and, um, and went and had one-on-ones with cats. And I also did classes as well. Mm. Um, 
yeah so that's how I came across Pilates but um I really truly believe in it and I also with my rolfing structural integration I feel that it's um particularly when um somebody has an issue with stability um and if they are hypermobile they're going to go often slip back um into um into kind of not enough stability and not enough strength then I usually try and well, I try and persuade them to go into Pilates and nearly always they do. And then that means that they can then maintain what they gain from the rolfing. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah. And um, if you don't mind me starting here, what, when did you first realise that you were poorly with COVID? Um, in December, um, well, end of November, I actually um, was exhausted for two weeks prior to really getting ill uh, I, and I really didn't understand why I was so tired I was going to bed at about eight o'clock at night I was just so tired and I had this headache that wouldn't go away and I thought it was dental I went to see my dentist um, I thought it was a dental problem that was recurring um, and in actual fact it was it was COVID uh, I just got worse and worse I got fever and and the headache just became extreme like I I, I was just like didn't know what to do with myself with the headache and yeah so yeah. yeah lots of aches and pains but particularly kind of chest tightness and a lot of pain around my ribs and my back yeah. and um and in actual fact I, I suppose at that time my symptoms weren't considered COVID apart from the fever um and, but then mm. later on they actually started to list my symptoms as COVID symptoms yeah and I was yeah. I tested negative as well um, but my, when I called my GP, he said, no, you definitely have COVID and you've got to self-isolate. Yeah. And so um, you kind of mentioned it there about the symptoms. But in the weeks that you were getting better, do you think there were, do you think you noticed changes then? or no, the, I just the... never, I just felt like I, after the initial acute illness, I just didn't get better. I just, it, it was just yeah. the fatigue and um, I still had a headache. Um, I also found, and I think my doctor tested me much later on, but I think I was pre-diabetic as well. I had to eat every hour. I, um, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have appetite, but if I didn't eat, then my blood sugar dropped or, yeah, yeah I, I, I felt faint. Um, yeah. But the, the exhaustion was there. I was just sleeping all day, every day. I'm not able to do anything. I didn't have the strength. I, every time I climbed stairs, um, I would have chest pain and 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 be breathless. And um, yeah, I just felt awful. I just felt really, really awful. <laughs> yeah. So we, and um, I should have looked at this actually, because I probably yeah. got it somewhere, but we probably started working again online in yeah. January, February kind of time. Yeah. And um, I think my approach to it was just what we would normally do as teachers you know I was asking Sybil every time you know how how are you feeling or how have you been after the last session um actually I think as foundation teachers probably all the things that we so intuitively do to check in with someone um and I guess I didn't really understand it at the time apart from this uh, fatigue that you're experiencing so um, I probably went along the line of um, doing lots of breath work 
with you and um we I, I was actually training at the time in um Thomas Hanna somatics so I kind of <laughs> we were sort of testing out those more somatic movements and actually even things like bow and arrow and everything to just allow the upper body to move and um nothing too strenuous of course but can you kind of go back and think about how that felt and how yeah well initially I had tried I had tried um a couple of my regular online classes Pilates Mm. classes and that had put me in bed for over a week and so uh, we knew that that wasn't that wasn't going to work for me um it was too much it was way too much and even though maybe I could manage maybe part of the class and I think I'd be okay what's really interesting about long COVID is you crash maybe or you feel the effects about 48 hours later so you're not going to know at the time sometimes that it's too much um you're you're only going to know um two days later um so so yeah I found that the somatic uh work and the breath work was great and it, it, it I felt I felt tired after, but it was manageable. You know, it, it was that it was totally manageable. It didn't put me back in bed. Um, I was just a bit fatigued, but that was that was okay. That was something that I could build with, and um, and I just felt a bit more resilient. And uh, it was the resilience that I really needed, and that's what I found I really got from it. And I and I know you asked how did you know you felt resilient? I don't know now. <laughs> I don't really know. I just think I could cope with doing a few more. You know, I could cope with the activity of my day, which wasn't much, um, but it meant I, I I didn't get quite so tired from doing something. Maybe an activity that I would get tired with, um, you know, after doing ten minutes doing something. Maybe I found that I could do that you know without getting absolutely exhausted so it was it was just helping me build a little bit of resilience there with that so in yeah so I could enjoy more activity yeah sorry. yeah and I, I I guess what came after that is going back to a little bit of work um do you, are you happy to explain like how much you were doing at the time or what when um, I what what like when you when you went back to to working, given that your job oh. is so um, manual, um, yeah. so I but I started. I mean, you know, like, like how much you did and how that felt. Yeah, originally, um, about four weeks after having COVID, just uh, changing my sheets on my bed was the biggest thing I had to do that day, and it was like it was like climbing a mountain. So mm. I gradually certain activities. And screen activities were really tiring. I couldn't do much of it. It took me took me two weeks to do my accounts, which would normally take me three days because I would have to portion it off to do it. Mm. Um, so anyway, by the time I got ready to go back to work, I felt like I could do most things. Um, but what I found when I went back, I started with two clients in a week and then I moved up to, um, I think, four, two, two on a one day and then a day in between and then two on another day. And then I kind of gradually um, added clients. And um, but I would find that I would really need to rest the next day in between. I couldn't I can't 
well, I still I wouldn't even if I went back to work now I, I wouldn't do consecutive days working I really needed the rest and what I did find was um, actually um, my social life got smaller because I found that I was resting all the time in between work because it was so tiring so I was able to work um, but I was finding it quite challenging um, mm. and socially so social social contact um not with clients but with my own life um it's very tiring and and although you enjoy it you also have to kind of be very careful with what you're doing so I found that it was like I wasn't I just wasn't doing much of that um and and having and getting very tired still Mm. so um and then I had a relapse so um and and that was from having dental surgery so apparently I have learned since that uh, intervention, you know, like medical intervention um, can cause a relapse. And not only that, I had a reaction to the anaesthetic. And I have found out since then that um, people with ME or chronic fatigue, which is really similar to long COVID, have been told not to have a certain type of anaesthetic when they um, when they have so um, dental surgery. Right. Right. And anything dental. And and I had the type with adrenaline in and I had a really, really bad reaction to it. And that right. and that put me back. So I'm I've been off work since June. Yeah. <laughs> and actually I'm worse. So I've now developed something called dysautonomia, which is like POTS. It's a, um it's a it's a it's something that hypermobile Ellis Danlos chronic fatigue people get as well. So this um, in Sybil's journey is where I've, well, you know, I've been interested the whole time, but where we've kind of gone into this deeper journey of um, how to stay, um, deal with the um, the effects, the, the side effects that you're having yeah. from long COVID. Um, and I was just going to say that you, you've sent me multiple resources, mm-hmm. which um, we do have and will share um but just a couple of bits from them so um something that i hadn't actually heard of before mast cell activation syndrome yeah. which i'm not going to go into an explanation of but um it was uh, we, we can share the link if you want to know more about it um long haulers as they call them seem to suffer from a degree of the effects of this same mast cell activation syndrome and we both found it so in interesting um, what they said in this um they said that 80 percent of long haulers are hypermobile and in the um presentation that they gave um which was actually for doctors you know doing extra reading research themselves um they recommend pilates they recommend weight training um as well as yoga um for recovery but not cardio so where you've said about POTS, so that's postural orthostatic cardio syndrome. And post-exertional malaise is what the problem is with that massively, yeah, which is, yeah, what I have as well. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and just um, the link with chronic fatigue too. So it seems like it's all under this spectrum of... Um, uh, not just hypermobility but there's this spectrum of yeah. different um so it's kind of like the autoimmune system 
can be affected, not always. Um, the immune system definitely can be compromised. There's inflammatory kind of issues. And then there is also the auto autonomic nervous system, which is very much what POTS and dysautonomia is all about as well. So there's dysfunction mm. and dysregulation there. Mm, mm. And um, <laughs> uh, again, um, ME symptoms. We were going to mention about ME. So um... yeah, well, that's almost the same, exactly the same symptoms that I have, which is um, really um, um, extreme fatigue, breathlessness, chest pain or chest tightness, headaches, dizziness, blurred vision, digestive issues, temper, temperature regulation issues and, mm. and brain fog and or concentration issues. I think those are kind of the things that the ME and they're all yeah. the same things as long COVID. Yeah, so. yeah. And I was just thinking, as you said that, um, in terms again of being back in the studio and doing classes in the studio, uh, I, I, I'm saying our approach because we're working together on this. It's not mm. me, it's, it's us really. Um, I've always said that really, we just want to keep Sybil strong and not to go back to where you were with the calcification in the glute and actually just keeping, you know, doing enough to keep you mm -hmm strong and moving and um you know again the breath work and and as much as i'd normally be encouraging someone yeah. to move more we're kind of getting you to move less um and and actually think about how you're doing it um yeah and when i think back to what we were working on in the studio before such as yeah. um uh, like mountain climbers on the wonder chair or we've done a lot more breath work underneath the the trapeze bar and uh, things like lengthening out and functional stuff you know um Sybil goes dog walking and gardening so you yeah you use your body yeah a, 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 a I lot be, I used to be a cyclist as well and I can't mm. do that there's no way and dog walking yeah. is cardio so um, I'm having to limit that because I've learned with with the idea of energy being at like, you know, in a battery and like that I can't if I want to if I want to move on with movement and to be able to increase my other activities, then I have to cut back on dog walking <laughs> my poor dog yeah. because otherwise <laughs> I've used up all that energy on the cardio and really. I shouldn't really be doing any card, really very little cardio. I should really only be working on kind of strengthening and increasing a few daily activities. Um, yeah. But I have a dog to walk. So um, I'm just trying to, trying to limit what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, um, I was just going to mention one little quote again from one of the articles that you shared, um, oh. which I thought I almost... Um, I didn't chuckle, I kind of went, oh my gosh, yes, that makes complete sense. Um, that exercise is medicine. That's what we as teachers would always go to. Um, but in some circumstance, circumstances, sorry, it's the poison. And that just feels very accurate for what you've got going on. But yeah. I kind of see it that Pilates doesn't 
have to be cardio. You can still move your body. You can still strengthen muscles. You can still rebalance your body in so many different ways. Um, And like you've said, it's figuring out how much is too much. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And and it it seems to be it's better to underdo it rather than push um, or take a chance, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because yeah. it, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know if it was too much until two days later. So, yeah, no way. And so, um, in terms of the support that you've got from, say, your doctor or any local groups, um, is there yeah. anything like that? I'm. I mean, I suppose I'm fairly lucky. I mean, my GP understood lot COVID was a problem. You know, like what existed. Um, but he did start off by saying graduated exercise, which w- used to be, it's only recently I've realized being changed um, for the NICE guidelines for ME. Um, um, and I think that's caused a lot of controversy because I think a lot of doctors believe that graduated exercise work, but it doesn't. Um, um, it, you can increase activity of different types, but to actually do this kind of program that they have um, usually means that they crash. Um, so he suggested that to start off with, but um, I didn't think that was going to work for me. But I did always believe that Pilates was helpful. And mm. I, just, I just worked on increasing a little bit of daily activity and just making sure I learned how to pace. And, and that meant just the only portioning off so this is what I did with my planting my onions today was I instead of doing everything which I would normally do I did only a certain amount and then I went okay now I need to come in and rest and then I'll go out again and I'll do another bit and then I'll come in and rest and um it's been really challenging because I'm which not that makes, I makes, makes me feel Oh, we lost you. Yeah, it's me for anyway. But oh, did you? Um, I was just saying that um, that's how we should be living our lives anyway, really. But we yeah. go, oh, I've got, I've got this amount of time. I need to get this done in that time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, we were talking, and I'm still suffering with um no. symptoms. Yeah. And the effect on mental health, which I was reading about as well. Yeah. Um, you sent me an article too. There's um, 1.1 million people who were suffering from long COVID. Yeah, one in, one and of course, it's, you know, on a scale, lots of different symptoms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I'm, I'm on, I'm on, a, I'm on several long COVID uh, um, group. Uh, you know groups um one is particularly positive and it's um I really only use them now and they um and that's really helpful but you know a lot a lot of people are very stressed about not being able to work not being able to function and uh, of course um and they also get anxiety is I forgot that's one of the symptoms as well I have some anxiety and I have some depression and that's very 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 common but it's dealing with the illness itself on an everyday basis. It's lonely. It's um, if you're not, if your GP doesn't understand and says it's all in your head. Um, if you have, there are some long COVID, um, what are they called? Um, clinics. 
clinics, long COVID clinics in some areas in the U of the UK. Not that many, I don't think. And they're useful, but not that useful. I mean, they have made my, they did make my doctor go and do all the tests, which was really good, you know, to rule out um, serious heart issues and lung issues, you know. Um, but the support actually mm. from groups, yeah. from, from people that like a Pilates teacher or um, anybody else that works in healthcare actually, or, or complementary healthcare is really useful. Acupuncture is helpful. Reflexology is helpful uh, as well. You, they, nutrition needs to be totally looked at. Um, I'm lucky I've got a great nutritional friend. <laughs> so I'm on, I'm absolutely on a <laughs> bucket load of supplements and homeopathy can be helpful so there's all other things but it also is almost becomes a support for you um and i think a lot of people find that they really really need some support um through this um because it really does affect your mental health for sure because no one knows when they're going to get better you know i've seen i've i've watched a video that where a doctor has said he's not sure anyone you know he's not sure people are going to get better some will get better and some may not yeah. And then another doctor says maybe one to two years and you're like, oh, my God, you know, you've got to deal with that and mm. have to go through a process of acceptance and and you've got to change your life. And yeah, your life's yeah. changing or changed. So there's there's all those yeah. issues. So support is really essential. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what I found yeah. and also what I've been hearing. I, from um, other people. Yeah, I um, was thinking about that the other day after we spoke about it. And, you know, we've all been through so much in the last, well, should we say two years, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and yeah, for some people, it's really not. I mean, of course, the pandemic isn't over, but it, it's not over and things really have changed and um yeah. yeah hearing of um younger children having diabetes type one diabetes yeah covid um yeah it, it's awful so yeah i um i was just thinking as well about um how it feels in your body at the moment so you know, you explained about, you know, chest tightness mm. and um, of course, when you're exerting yourself, there, there's particular feelings that you have in the in your body. Do you mind? I kind of feel okay, but I'm leaning against, I'm leaning against the door frame. So that, and you'd noticed yesterday in Pilates, I was leaning against the equipment. <laughs> so there is like, there is fatigue. <laughs> there's fatigue even just sitting up. Um, but I don't, I don't feel particularly tired. I had a rest before because I was planting onions. So because I've had a rest, I'm all right. But when I was planting the onions, I started to feel really tired and my back started to hurt and, um, I got really fatigued and I started to become breathless. And actually, um, a friend of mine has noticed that when I start to get tired, I start to cough and he says, you need to rest because you're coughing. Mm. um which I don't really notice it's only a you know kind of cough it's nothing major but he's noticing that mm. um yeah and um when I'm uh, exerting myself too much my legs can get very very fatigued like I've climbed a mountain 
as well. And that happens just going uphill. So I have problems walking uphill. That's another of the symptoms is walking uphill, walking up steps um, because my heart rate goes. Um, and um, I guess, I don't know, but I think with the pots, it's something about the blood pressure as well. I don't, I don't completely understand everything. Um, yeah. yeah. So I felt really tired. Actually, I started to go, right, I have to stop, even though I'd only done a portion of, the, of putting my onions in. And then um, mm-hmm. um, because I'm starting to feel really fatigued. And, and also another sign yeah. is I start dropping things and spilling things and making mistakes and, mm. and, and mm. you know, tripping over things. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but in my body, Which, um, you, you, have, you are such a. I have tinnitus yeah. as well. Sorry. No, carry on, Sybil. Um, but um, yeah. But, you carry um, on. I, I think we're delayed. Ah, okay. So no, um, I think, I think that's it. I think I'm trying to think how, how I feel now. I actually, apart from the fatigue, I feel all right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm talking for a long time. I can start, I can start to get breathless. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you Sybil's, you're, you're, and I was, I was going to say, you're such a doer. You'd normally come into class and say, I've been for a dog walk and a bike ride and I'm going paddle boarding and I'm going to go for a sea swim. And that, you know, it, it's been taken away from you. And that's huge. Totally. It's massive. Totally. Totally. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah. And you don't know if you're ever going to get it back. I have, I have, I've, I've, I've seen that some people, I'm in a recovery program as well, which is kind of a bit of a little, little bit of movement a little bit of yoga meditation and mindfulness to try and bring the autonomic nervous system down so that the body and mind start to believe it's safe and that it can do things or you know and feel safe doing it but so that's kind of the aim of this recovery program um um, and I've what I've know what I know is that there are different levels of people um, online with me, and some are starting to use resistance bands, and some people are going back to work, and some people are trying cardio and they're managing, but it's taken them maybe nine months, but they have got there. So, you know, it is possible. <laughs> it's possible but um it it's just like a lot of kind of two steps forward and one step back so this is quite a lot of your story of course yeah um but we were again talking the other day as we always do um, yeah. about the difference between those who have been hospitalized yes um and those who haven't yeah from what i've read go yeah. into a little bit of detail about that from what I read and what I understand is that people that had COVID acutely uh, and were hospitalized, um, they get, they get, they can often have long COVID um, when they're recovering, but it's, it's different. Um, I mean, they may have serious heart and lung issues and other organ issues um, on top of that, but actually graduated exercise programs work for them. Whereas the people that, didn't get COVID badly, um, who stayed at home, maybe even got it without knowing. Um, um, Their long COVID is more the symptoms of chronic fatigue. And that's where you you get post-exertional malaise. Um, 
so it's a little harder to work with a little yeah is an exaggeration it's in yeah it's from yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i feel like i don't have enough experience and i don't know of it. Yeah. i'm sorry i must yeah. be really delayed but um i um I don't feel like I have enough experience of it, but it's quite a good thing to note, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, of working with people that have been hospitalised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and just that difference in the, the approach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, do you want me to, do you want me to say what's quite, helped, um, what's helped, quite a what's helped me so far? Yeah, that would be great. Okay, so what I've learned has well what what has helped me so far is um a change in nutrition um so I'm also um probiotics or I'm taking um a really potent type of uh kefir and um obviously a lot of a lot of supplements for various things and I had blood tests with my GP and my folate levels below some people's iron is low um and uh, learning to pace is absolutely essential. And if you don't learn to pace, I think it's very, very hard to recover. Um, mm. um, taking part in breathing programs, breath work, any breath work, breathing programs are really, really essential. I, I wake up every morning or when I wake, when I am conscious of my breathing, when I wake up and I'm breathing, so I'm not breathing mm. properly. And and it's about trying to retrain your breathing as well. Um, meditation and mindfulness, again, um, really, really helpful for trying to get the body back into um, uh, rest and restore rather than fight and flight. Um, and also yeah. just also actually accepting where you are, which is for your mental health as well. Um, and um, stopping, stopping cardio or really, really, um, restricting it um antihistamines could be quite helpful um they found for people with pots or dysautonomia and i'm taking them and i have noticed a difference like i'm moving i'm able to do more activity now um obviously pilates <laughs> is really 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 helpful and then also really really regular intake of fluid and if you've got dysautonomia they recommend taking drinking three liters a day um, because of it's all about blood volume and I guess you have to keep increasing it um, and eating very regular regularly with protein um, yeah. yeah so I, they recommend six meals a day for pots but I manage snacks and three meals a day but I have to have the mm. snacks and also just to take a rest from social media and tv anything that gets you activated, even TV programs that I, if I see a TV program and I'm getting really, really involved, then I find I can't go to sleep and my, um, I'm wired and, and yeah. it's really unhelpful. Actually, it's really, really unhelpful. Um, and social media is quite unhelpful. <laughs> so being on the phone all the time, really learning how to rest, I found is, is great. It's like a good education for me. And the last thing is accepting help, I guess. Um, <laughs> accepting help from friends and yeah, family. Which, again, is... Um, it's just things that we, we should all be doing in, in some way, shouldn't we? But um, you yeah. saying about the TV and actually what that does to your nervous system 
um, yeah. and even looking at your phone and what that does. And we don't we don't yeah. know that it's doing it as we do that, um, but it does have such a huge impact. Um, and I was thinking, just as you're talking about those things, um, one thing I thought a while back was you can't compare to what was before. It's like. Yeah. That's you the can't problem. say, well, I used to do this on, on, that, on that piece of equipment or I used to go running. Yeah. And, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. And now I just think, okay, well, um, I, I, eventually I'm going, to, I'm going to be able to do more in Pilates and I'm going to be able to, yeah. in my recovery classes, I might actually get to use um, a bit of weight, you know. That, that's... I don't, I try not yeah. to think about what I was doing before. <laughs> it's too depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm positive. Yeah. I mean, I do believe, well, I, think you, you're I doing, believe I'm going, I will yeah. get better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's got to be the way it is, isn't it? Um, same with anything. If, if you're poorly, the, the, the positive, okay, that can be hard you're in that state of mind just put and this is a journey that you're you're going through going on anyone with long covid is so yeah i'm i'm in awe really (laughs) so um yeah i i feel like um we've again we've covered quite a lot but um i feel like there's there's good coming out of this situation in that um a lot of invisible and chronic illnesses that we probably see in the pilates studio quite a bit such as ehlers danlos and um chronic fatigue whether it's emmy um mm-hmm. pots and um they're getting the the re Search, hopefully the money um attention that they yeah. they really deserve and yeah. of course it's not how we want it to be it shouldn't have to happen that way but you know there is a a, a positive coming out of that yeah, yeah I really do think so. um so I yeah I, I I was wondering if there was anything else that you wanted to add Sybil at all um no I'm just I am positive about about what how it will help people with ME and chronic fatigue as well um you know yeah. the fact that they've even changed the nice guidelines just recently is great um yeah I've left our conversation there as we opened up the floor to discussion perhaps that has prompted some questions for you as you may have already begun working with some clients showing symptoms of long covid or hopefully having shown that they're on a path of recovery please do send over any questions that may arise and we'll do our best to respond Thank you so much for listening in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for our follow-up chat coming soon. Bye for now.